Hello you lovely people out there. Welcome to the ninth episode of Rise Up Teams. And as your lovely host, I have today Jasjit Singh with us and he's going to explain that how he started via meditation in this COVID-19 pandemic to help people and not to be uh, not to be screwing around. He's also a professional at his craft. Uh, he also has worked in a company and he's an executive director uh, at one of it. And today we have Jadid Singh with us who's going to lead us uh, how he built his how he's going to build his business and why he thinks it's an important issue and by being also a president of an exclusive management. Hello Jadid Singh, how are you? Uh, thank you Sami. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast and your show. Uh, I'm doing well and uh, so you know, you can call me as uh, Just Anand. That's most people know me as, you know, my name is Jasjeet Singh Anand, but probably Just Anand is a better way of addressing uh, me. Sir, uh, one of the questions I actually have is that where are you from though? Because you, uh, you work in Manali, that is Philippines. Uh, what is your backstory? Yeah, okay, you know, I, I am uh, an Indian and I was uh, mostly in my childhood, I was raised in Dharadun and Mopai. So before shifting to Manila, Philippines, uh, that was in 2013, I was working in Bombay, uh, now known as Mumbai, for 14 years uh, as a corporate executive. Mm-hmm. And I was largely in the financial services space uh, the first 14 years of my career. Mm-hmm. And in the last 8 years, I've been in a combination of telecom and outsourcing business. You know, business of outsourcing, which is quite big in the Philippines. So that's my background, you know, from India, I've been working for 20 years. Uh, and I came to Manila for a job opportunity and I've been here for 8 years. That's my little summary. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. When I was actually going through your survey, it's like you're the executive director of the company. I mean, how, most people don't reach this post after working so long. How did you, after coming into 8 years, um, reach this post? It's a big achievement. No, I think, you know, I, I have... Uh, 22 years of work experience I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think you know by the time you finish 15 years, a lot of uh, good things start happening. You start getting mm-hmm. level promotion. I mean. So I guess when I came here 8 years ago, at that time I was vice president of the company. Then I became the executive director and about a couple of years, one and a half years back I was promoted uh, as the president of the Philippines entity. I worked for a Hong Kong based group. Mm-hmm. Our head office is in Hong Kong. So I'm the president and executive director the Philippines. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, sir, one of the most important factors that I want to ask is that you want to build via meditation. How did you come to the consciousness of why to build via meditation? What drove you? Yeah, see, you know, interestingly, uh, just to uh, give you background, what happened in the last one, one and a half years after the pandemic broke out, after the coronavirus broke out, what I started observing was that a lot of people mm. were behaving very different from what they normally behave. Mm. Give you an example, you know, like I've been working for the company for eight years in Philippines. Mm. I know a lot of people who are working with me for eight years. Some of the people have been in the company before I joined the company. Mm. But what I started observing was that some of the people are reacting slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, where was I? You know. So just to give you the background, I'm a meditator. I've been meditating very seriously for the last four years, very deeply in the sense. Uh, and uh, about in the last one and a half years, I started noticing certain pattern changes in people. 
that you know their response to that different they're a little more irritated and i started thinking about it what is going on and i came to one conclusion that people have certain patterns in life mm. and those patterns become very important the way we live we have an office life we have a work life mm. we have a family life we have saturday sunday sundays we have working time we have time of our own mm. but when coronavirus broke out and people started working from home a lot of these old structures were broken the line between personal life professional life time in the house time with the family just started to blur Hmm. and over a period of time what i started realizing was the people but not people switch off there's the old saying you know it says that you know use the umbrella when it rains hmm it's not live with an umbrella you cannot go to the vacation with an umbrella or go to bathroom with an umbrella you just use the umbrella when it rains hmm so that way uh, life has a right place for everything the time to work the time to spend with the family the time to be alone a lot of these structures got broken in the coronavirus time and people were not able to kind of it when i started looking at myself at that point of time i was not stressed because i was solely meditating when you meditate some ways if i can quote a poem from william wordsworth daffodils he says i wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high over waves and hills so you become like a cloud that floats over the good and the bad so hills and hills are the lows and the highs of life when you start meditating you slightly detach yourself from situations and you float above the situation and this is what i realized that you know a lot of people around me are not able to cope up with that and i started doing some of these uh, what you call complimentary sessions anyone and everyone it could be anybody from my office my friends my business people that i knew on a personal level Mm. and i started doing this about uh, 6 months ago 7 months ago you know but again on a very unstructured informal basis mm. and then uh, based on my 3 4 months of those uh, you know sessions that i had i came to a conclusion that what i have discovered or what i have stumbled upon is valuable is helping people and that's when i started of you know with the plan behind setting up a small you know call it a business call it mission i can't say what it is at the moment at the moment my profit is not my objective because i'm already working hmm. and i have my source of income at the moment it's more like you know what you call a mission to help people find better mental space be more happy and more relaxed hmm. and of course i'm just making a website of it and then maybe uh, it could become a corporate training initiative which could become a meditation website it will evolve as it progresses so this is how it started you know Um, one of the things about meditation that I've actually researched upon is that many people, quote unquote, trainers say the word is spiritual connection. What does spiritual connection actually means in terms of meditation? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, sir. Sorry. Uh, I've been doing some research, and I found that some people say spiritual connection. They use the term spiritual connection quite a lot. What does that mean in terms of meditation? Spiritual connection. Sorry, I I'm not, sorry, I could not hear you. Can you repeat the question? Sorry, please. I'm not. Many many yoga teachers or many coaches say that you need to have spiritual connection while in meditation. I want to ask you, what is spiritual connection in general? 
Because there's a very vague answer out there. Okay, now EOC, I tell you, uh, uh, if you look at uh, scientifically or you look at spiritual, uh, you know, there's only one origin. The science calls it Big Bang. The spiritualists or different uh, people with spiritual bent of mind will call it God or some other force, you know, create for existence. So I think uh, if you really have to go back, when you do meditation, what you're doing, you're trying to find your true nature. Hmm. That have you come from? We all come from same source. Source hmm. is only one. So spiritual connection is nothing but finding the connection back to yourself. Hmm. And if you can find the connection back to yourself, the hmm. purpose of your life is done. Hmm. And when it's not done, you're still uh, searching for it. The spiritual connection is only one connection, in my opinion, is going back to the one source that you came from. Hmm. But uh, a few things that I want to just, you know, since we are on this topic, uh, see meditation, what is meditation? Hmm. So meditation is not sitting in a particular pose. It could also be that, I'm not denying that. Meditation is not about sitting in a pose. Hmm. It could be an imitation. If you're sitting in a pose, you could just be imitating, but not meditating. What is exactly meditation? Meditation is fundamentally something which is total relaxation where you can put your thoughts and you know thoughts slow down and when thoughts slow down what automatically comes is total relaxation peace and stillness basically meditation is a device to find your true nature but in the process you just try to slow down your thought process if you look at the nlp and other neurosciences uh, you see, they will tell you that there are 50,000 to 80,000 thoughts in a day a man gets. So that's mm. a lot of thoughts. 50,000 to 80,000 in a day. And there mm. are 84,000 seconds in a day. So most of the people are getting one thought for two seconds, or one thought for one and a half seconds. The mind is very busy. And what's happened now, Sami, is in modern times, people are, are unable to switch off for a simple mm. reason. When you have a time off, instead of switching off, the first thing a man does is either pick up his cell phone or you pick up his iPad and then again the same thing starts, YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and Google and Netflix, something again. The moment you get free, the first thing you do is find an occupation. Are you with me on this one? The moment you get free, you find an occupation. You find an occupation, which means uh, a chance of putting your mind to a little bit of calmness is squandered away. Hmm. Once in a while you get a chance, but you quickly squander it away online. So, so currently in, in a modern man, it's become very difficult for him to meditate. The moment he sits in meditation, he's actually attacked more by thought because he's not used to sitting. Hmm. He's not used to sitting and doing nothing. Hmm. So, uh, when I made the program, when I made this uh, meditation program, what I did was uh, I started with an assumption and which is a correct assumption in my opinion is that a modern man is too busy and too occupied to meditate in peace. Hmm. To sit for half an hour or 40 minutes in one hour is an extremely difficult position. If you try to sit for one hour, what will happen is, you know, you will not be able to last one hmm. hour. So what I did in my, uh, you know, program is that I don't start with meditation with one hour. For beginners or for starting level, I just tell them that you meditate three to four minutes a day 
but four times a day. So four times a day. Okay. Four times. And, and you know, actually, uh, since uh, you 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 based in you based in Saudi Arabia, somehow I think I got this inspiration from Prophet Muhammad only, because uh, a lot of Muslims pray five times a day. And then I somehow it struck to me one fine day that you know, uh, if people can meditate five times a day or four times a day, three minutes or four minutes, then what will happen is they will end up meditating, not mm-hmm. meditating. Let's call it mindful exercises. I call them mm-hmm. as mindfulness exercises. Mm-hmm. Let's exercise for three or four minutes, four or five times in a day. You can do three times, you can do four times, or you can do five times. Whatever you can find time. But what happens is there's a process. You end up being mindful for 12 to 15 minutes a day, and my personal experience has been that if you can be mindful mm. or in meditation for five minutes in a day, mm. the power of this five minutes is so big that this five minutes will expand on its own. This five will become ten, ten will become twenty, and twenty will become two hours. You know, you could also be in meditation while you're working. You could also be in meditation while you're eating. So what I started doing in my program was. try to give people a taste of mindfulness without breaking their schedules you know they will not if you tell them to meditate for one hour they will probably not meditate so in their existing priorities i'm trying to sneak in i'm trying to just sneak in through the cracks i'm not expecting them to you know put one hour aside for me mm-hmm. i know they're not ready yet mm-hmm. but what i'm just trying to do is trying to get into their habits sneak in through the corners 3 minutes Five minutes, like this. If there is fifteen minutes in a day, they get prepared for it. Hmm. Uh, it's quite amazing that you actually thought that basically many people won't psychologically sit for one hour. So you thought that basically, why not sneak in uh, three to four minutes of that time inside of it? And what's yeah, what's no, more, exactly. what's more astounding is that you took that inspiration from the Muslims and the, and the prayer that they do. I mean, how did you like get the inspiration from it in the form in the first place? How did I get it? You know, you know, my my my, my I'm I'm a I'm a Sikh, you know, I'm an Indian, but my, my wife is a Muslim actually. Okay. So, well, you know, so I see her praying sometimes. Uh, you know, like uh, that's when I see her praying. I realize that you know, if uh, a prayer can be done five times a day. Actually, the same prayer can be done mindfully. You see, that can also be a meditation when you're totally absorbed in it. When you put your thoughts, what happens? See, what do thoughts do? Sammy, thoughts create two things. Thoughts create attention in a man. Either all thoughts come from memory. You see, all thoughts come from memory, and hence, based on our memory, what we want to do is we want to continue with the pleasure. We don't want the pain. That's exactly what thought does. It's all about protecting from the bad continuing the good that is exactly what a man thinks which means a thought results in a duality which is pain and so you know fear and desire you know fear and desire are the two mm-hmm. thought process which comes out of thinking two main things either you will be fearful about something or you will be desiring something and that is what creates a bit of problem so coming back to your question if A person can meditate five minutes five times in a day, or he can pray for four minutes five times in a day without the fear and without the desire. desire. Then that prayer can also be a meditation because you're totally there. You're mm. not wandering. You know, half the time people like you know. I tell you, uh, 
very often you see when you in the bathroom or you having brushing your teeth or you're shaving while you're shaving your mind is somewhere else mm. you have to go to office and do this so you never there you're always somewhere else like you're driving your car you know red signal comes you stop the car the green signal comes you start driving the car a lot of it happens on its own it's very mechanical you see uh, it's very very mechanical and that is exactly what has made man so robotic so the exercises that i tell them are basically very simple exercises so the first thing that uh, see elderly you you know another thing is what does mechanicalness do mechanicalness means that you know everything in your life has become a routine mm. it just happens on its own you know you're there you're doing it you know you have a mind you have a memory you have the whole intellectual structure to support you but still you're doing it in a very very mechanical fashion mm. so the first thing that has to be done is break the mechanicalness the moment you break the mechanicalness what happens is there's a chance of mindfulness to enter mm. so in the first exercise which i tell my you know people who do meditation courses with me is i tell them the first time when you start your day when you brush your teeth if you use your right hand normally don't use your right hand use your left hand start your day on a different note and the moment you start using your left hand you will find it first is very inconvenient to me you will be more mindful because now you cannot do it mechanically because you can hurt yourself with it so what i tell a lot of people is to do small small exercises which is basically these are called as de automation mm-hmm. exercises because the man has become so mechanical and so robotic that he needs to be de automated so i tell them simple things like you know brush with the wrong hand or you having your lunch or you having your meal if you use your spoon with the right hand or a fork with the right hand or whatever hand you use which is the main hand don't eat your food with your main hand use the other one use a spoon with the other hand what will happen is you know there's a chance you can spill some curry on your clothes so you'll be a lot more comfortable a lot more sorry, a lot more careful a lot more mindful if you use the other hand so the whole idea is uh, uh man can become mindful by doing completely differently and yes coming back to where you started from is yes i got this situation uh, by looking at you know what people playing five times a day and i thought wow this is a good idea you can meditate five times a day small small five from five minutes and uh, when i experimented with last six months with a lot of people i think it worked so basically what i'm going to get is that there are two sets of the brain one is the brain that is conscious the other part is the subconscious brain you want to you want to train the subconscious brain which is hard to train so by breaking it down you're telling them to do something which is inconvenient for them at the at the start but they'll get used to it in the end so you want to program the subconscious side so i think uh, see the two things here the uh, idea is not to make them convenient but the idea is not to make them left handy left handed or right handed that's okay. not the idea the idea is very simple is that what you are doing right now is not mindful it's just okay. happening on its own mm-hmm. you know you are eating food see half of the time you are eating food mm-hmm. and you are watching youtube and you are talking on phone and somebody comes you're not mindful you're not mm-hmm. eating mindfully now because you're so comfortable you're so used to doing that your pattern is so set that you can eat while watching youtube and while talking on phone you can do it very conveniently because you have got used to it 
But when you change your hands, what happens is you're not used to eating with the left hand. Mm. So there is a chance for you to be very aware while you're eating. Mm. The idea is not to change their habit. The idea is to give them a surprise okay. or an inconvenience that can bring awareness in that moment. See, you see, I tell you, if you walk with two legs, you know, you'll walk, you walk, you'll keep walking as you walk. You know, you might walk mechanically, but if you change the way you take your step, you know, if you walk with shorter steps or with longer steps, there are chances for you to be more mindful while walking. It's just when you break the pattern. This one Hyoka tribe, this one Hyoka tribe. Uh, what they do is uh, in certain ceremonies, they do everything differently. So like you know, they don't walk like this. They would walk backwards. Only in a ceremony they do it. You know, the idea is not to what you call become an expert of walking backwards. The idea is to be Wait more mindful and more aware. And when you do things differently, when you do things differently out of your uh, comfort zone, out, 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 outside your comfort zone, the chances are you can be more mindful about it. This exercise hmm. is largely about you know making, making people mindful about all activities they do. All these activities right now are happening very mechanically. But sir, at the same time, again, would how do teenagers learn this? Because being someone at your age or someone in twenties or even thirties, they might listen to it, they might try it. But teenagers are very unpredictable in this nature. How would they try to be mindful? You tell a teenager to leave a smartphone, they'll start yelling at you, or they start saying no, start fighting. How can teenagers become mindful in this entire process? Yeah, I think I think uh, for teenagers you have to do different methods. You see, uh, uh, what happens is uh, the, there are two things here. One is uh, the teenagers right now are young people, right? They're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So mm. they haven't really uh, taken so many pressures of life. Have, mm. You know, man, when he touches forty, he has seen a lot of life, a lot of mm. rub. But teenagers are very protected. Parents are taking care of. Uh, mm. You know, you, kids are taking care of by the parents. So a teenager hasn't seen, he's seen a section of life. He hasn't seen the all of it yet. Mm. What happens is, first of all, they're not as stressed as how forty-year-old is or a thirty-five-year-old is. The stress levels are low, so they need not do the same exercises that adults do. Because you have to approach teenagers with different, uh, you know, mm. mentality. I think uh, what I do with teenagers, I have a teenage son. My son is sitting in the stage. What I do with him is I do slightly different things with him. What when I when I make him meditate, you know he's not ready for it because you know he's not he's not tuned in meditation. So what I do is I put on a music for him. Ten, fifteen minutes. I just put on a music and I make him dance. Right? Just you know just dance to the music that you like. Trance dance or whatever you want to do. You know, pick a rhythmic music. Mm-hmm. And after fifteen minutes of dancing, I tell him to sit down for five minutes. That's his meditation. Now what happens? Well, why this works is. Uh, Let me give you an example. If you keep a glass of cold water outside, right? Mm-hmm. If you keep a glass of cold water outside, okay, the water becomes hot on its own. The water mm-hmm. becomes hot on it. It becomes mm-hmm. hot on its own. Yeah. If you keep a cup of coffee outside, it becomes cold, cold on, its, on own. its own. Yeah, right. You see, you see, you keep a, you keep a. Cup of hot coffee, it just becomes cold on its own. 
So you know that is the nature of life. It's always moving from one polarity to the other. The constant, the constant moving of yin and yang. What Chinese call it as the yin and yang. The constant moving from yin to yang, day to night. So what I'm saying is, you ask me one question about subconscious. Hmm. Yes. Right? Subconscious uh, can be also, but it deep meditation before do that. Let me what happens. Let me give you an example. Let's say there is a structure. First, we understand the structure of man. There is uh, the body. There is hmm. the body. Then over the body, there is uh, let's say a conscious mind. Behind the conscious mind, there is a subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And behind the subconscious mind, there is something called as consciousness, okay. or whatever you call it, right? So consciousness is, uh, well, I would say, the diluted form. When your consciousness becomes uh, more aware, you're more aware, then you have an experience of the soul. But that comes much later. Now let's understand the structure of the body-mind complex. Mm-hmm. You see, if you go to a you know a buffet restaurant and you like the food very much and you're full but your mind can give you a command and say hey guy you know do eat a little more so the body will accommodate you will overeat that day the mind gives you consent you overeat next week you go on a diet right or or you fasting next week right it comes on or you're on a diet you're fasting so your body is hungry now but the mind gives you somehow gives you a command that hey dieting is good for you you need to lose weight so you know what happens you don't eat so on one day you could overeat on the instruction of the mind and on another day you go on a dieting on instruction of the mind so normally the body gets overruled by the mind now when i talk about this mind this mind is the conscious mind likewise behind this conscious mind there is a subconscious mind so a lot of people you know they try law of attraction they try positive thinking but the positive thinking is happening on the conscious mind level at the subconscious mind level they are not yet convinced they are dreaming of a porsche or they are dreaming of a ferrari at a conscious mind level but at subconscious they know the stuff they're not even worth you know suzuki so where would they get a ferrari from so that's what happens a lot of time positive thinking doesn't work is because at a conscious mind level you're trying to do something or you know paint a picture visualize something but your subconscious is not in agreement with your conscious mind so sometimes it doesn't work now just like mind conscious mind can control the body subconscious can control the conscious mind and same way your soul or soul is a wrong word you know it's called consciousness your consciousness can overpower the subconscious mind also the more you become conscious aware mindful you will see automatically you will start transforming your subconscious it happens on its own you know there's no method that i know can be done it's not like a switch for paint you know you can just reprogram it it happens on its own as you become more mindful mm. automatically as you become more mindful you start going into the hidden corners of your own mind and all those hidden corners are You know, they get lighted up automatically. That's how it works. To be honest, the law of attraction theory only got popular in the movie The Secret. If people have watched that, it's a very good movie that got popular from it. But many, yeah, yeah. yeah sir, could you continue? No, so I see. So I see. So 
Sorry, I interrupted you. Please finish. Please finish. Yeah, I was saying that it got popular due to because of the movie, and I read the book itself and saw the movie. It was really interesting to see how it came through and how many people talk it, talk about it through that series, The Secret. No, I think positive thinking can surely work. I, you know, I'm not saying that positive thinking cannot work. Positive thinking can work. Why did uh, you are also meditating? So that you know you're not just thinking positive from the conscious mind mm-hmm. the entire you you know the subconscious the conscious and your you know consciousness which is the quality of the soul if all of them are positive thinking then mm-hmm. it will work mm-hmm. and that is the secret you know that if you are in that state of altered consciousness then you can uh, rectify things you can actualize things but if you're not then it may not be very productive But still, positive thinking is better than negative thinking. That's the benefit you'll surely get. I, I came when I was a kid. I came to this realization is that in my last year I was like going with a tough. I was going through a tough, tough patch in my eleventh year, the last year of my. So I came with this thought: if positivity brings negativity, what if negativity can also bring positivity into your life? The other way works around. So whenever negative happened, I would find something positive in that reaction, and I came to this conclusion is that if a fight is happening between someone, I would start to think, oh, I feel sorry for him. But if I start to think positive too much of it, something negative happens. So what's this opposite reaction that we have as a human being? I don't understand this. Even I did not understand what. Why did I feel this way? No, I think it's a uh, you know I'm 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 not just for compliment you. Uh, two things, you know, one is at this age, you're very young right now, in grade eleven, to have this kind of a realization is amazing, and I'm very impressed, you see, and I mean it. Uh, see, what you raised is a very very good point. See, if you go to Indian, what we call India has a rich history of spirituality. And in India, there's something they call as non-duality. Mm-hmm. So, what is non-duality? Non-duality means it's not two. So it's like, so now what is duality? To understand duality is that as long as so let, let me give you one example. You know, this is the example before I go answer your question. You see, there was uh, one guy who went to a city master. He says, "I have too much sorrow. You know, I want more happiness." Mm. But I'm getting more sorrow. So Sufi Master gave him one oar of a boat, and he said, "Why don't you just try to move your boat with one oar?" And when he did, his boat was moving in circles. Then he explained him that you know you need two to move forward. If you only have one thing in life, you'll move in circles. So I think it's very very clear that as long as you have happiness, you will have sadness. Mm. As long as you have positivity, you'll have negativity. But there can be a time when both of them will go, and that is exactly when you are in a state of non-duality. Mm. Which means, you know, that's why I started my, you know, talk to you today. That I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats in high over waves and hills. Mm. So that is the time when you are above duality. You see, and it happens a lot when you start meditating. You'll have many hours in a day when nothing touches you. You know, you recognize okay, this is good, this is bad, but it doesn't touch you so much. 
the day you know happiness starts touching you less sadness will also start touching you less hmm. now coming to your point you are saying i think it's that's exactly what duality is it is heads and tails it's like one coin which has head and it has tails right you cannot have you cannot keep heads alone hmm. if there is head heads automatically bring tails along with it the tails automatically bring heads along with it similarly positive things will have negative following negative will have some positive following because hmm. they are interlinked right it's an opposite pair it is exactly what the spiritualists call as duality so it is a very good realization you know i am reminded of one beautiful quote by khalil gibran the lebanese author so he used to say that you know there are two men inside each man there are two men inside each man one that is awake in darkness and the other that is sleeping sorry one that is uh, yeah sorry the one that is awake in darkness and one that is sleeping in the light so the man is awake in darkness and the other part is sleeping in the light right so when you start meditating and become mindful what happens is the second part which is sleeping in the light starts to wake up right and that is why a lot of traditions have fixed the uh, importance in the light even in islam uh, the concept of noor is very important in many other religions light, light is uh, considered very important now what is light what is the quality of light you see the darkness may be million years old you may have a cave which is dark for a million years the moment you take light the darkness can go in a second that is the quality of light so as you wake up more as you wake up when i say wake up more and to say out of your mechanical you know as you become more mindful as you the meditation goes deeper you are able to see things as they are and so when you see things as they are you don't get too happier to tell about it you just forget about it and that is exactly you know state when you are very peaceful very still very complete um i found one thing that was unique i thought that facing something I think facing your fears was one of the most unique part of it. Uh, I can give an instance. Oh, you know, uh, can, can can you repeat? Sorry, I I you must you must your okay. your nothing. So, um I don't think I have enough experience to say this, but I would say this that um I found that facing your fears can open a big hole to change. And this came in the form of my speech for captaincy. Going on the stage I was frightened. but there i saw uh, a person of myself who saying either go home or go big i didn't tell, i don't tell this to many people but i saw that person very visually clear he was in front of me he is saying go home or go big i just pinched myself to nullify the fear and frightness and then i gave my speech and it but when i came down all the energy just went out of me and my legs could not move at the moment is like i was like completely paralyzed so what is that kind of instinct when people find their change or some kind of thing i think uh, it's threshold no see what happens is uh, what is fear at the end of the day what is fear fear is just your thought process right your speech fright or whatever fear that you have is ultimately coming from your thought process thoughts are not real thoughts are all imagination like you know everybody's thoughts are different everybody's thoughts comes out of their own experiences uh, so these thoughts are not real in that sense and what i'm trying to tell you is 
because thoughts are not real all your fears are also not real hmm correct but you whatever you feed more attention becomes bigger okay if you feed okay. more attention to your fears your fears will become bigger right if you pay more attention to your dreams your actions your actions will become louder and good similarly oh. what you pay attention whatever you pay attention to grows in your life that's the secret that you have to remember in your case you had a fear because you were feeding it and one fine day you decided no enough of it i can do it and you did it right the same thing right you know i was telling you the example there may be a darkness for a million years but the moment you bring light the darkness is gone the darkness goes away you may you may you, yeah you may build a fear for 3 years about something but one moment you decide to snap out of it you can you see that's possible and uh, you have to snap out of it it's your choice you can do it now to be honest uh, many people do not snap out of their fear if i'm being honest after that some after being going through that phase i've been more courageous to try some new things in life where other people will say will laugh at me i will say i will say fine i think i can recommend this thing and as in 11th i told uh, told the story that mcdonald's was hiring people um through snapchat and they were saying send a snap i told my classmates about it and they started laughing you want to work at mcdonald's you want to do it i I said, I want to try something new. I tried something new. It happened. But a lot of people do not find how to break their fears. What is the best way that they can break their fears and be exposed to new change and mindfulness? I think mindfulness, mindfulness uh, is the the only way I know that you can overcome your fears. Oh, you can overcome actually. Basically, ultimately, what is fear? I, I go back to what I'm saying. You know. Ultimately, your fears, your desires, your dreams—they're all your thoughts, mm. right? The only razor that I know that cuts these thoughts is mindfulness. You call it mindfulness, call it you know meditation, whatever you call it. There's an old Zen saying, Tami. Old Zen saying says that you know, clouds gone, okay, mountain yeah. appears. Oh yeah. The clouds gone, mountain appears. So your you know most of your doubts. I like the clouds. Like most of the fears, not you, know, you. You make them real. You make them big. By giving so much attention, by giving, taking so much interest in them, you made it very big. They're not so big as you imagined them to be. You have to what you call uh, put a lid on. Try meditation. Try meditation. Try to be more conscious. And uh, I want to do a few. You know, a little one or two exercises with you. If you're okay with that, you know. Okay. I want to do. I want to do one exercise with you. Uh, oh, I've used the word consciousness many times in last half an hour. So let me introduce, you know, in a very concrete way, what is consciousness, right? So we, I'll ask you something. Okay. You just answer questions. You know, it just takes two minutes. It will not take more than that. So I'll show you something. You just have to say what it is. What is this? This is a finger. One finger. Okay. What is this? It's it's a tablet with your five with your four fingers on. And what is this? You're holding a bottle with two fingers, and the third one is behind. Good, good, good. Now close your eyes. What do you see? 
I actually see two fingers. Oh, okay. I see just, uh, the bottle one. I can see the bottom. I can see the bottom. It's an impression. It will go. It will go. Hmm. Let the impression go. Okay. Let the impression go. No, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now, what do you see? Let it go. You know, it will go in a while. I'm I'm seeing just a road and I'm going. I'm just walking. You you okay? You're, you're imagining. You're you're in a thought process. Okay. Tell me when you see darkness. When you see nothing. You see nothing. Okay. There's a door. Raise your hand when you see nothing. Okay. There's a door. And I'm opening it. I enter it and yeah. <laughs> you're imagining now. You're now you're in a thought process, Sami. Now you've gone into a thought process. Start that thought process. Start that thought process. Tell me when you see the darkness. Okay, I've reached the darkness. Okay, good. Now, who is seeing the darkness? A boy crying, crying there and saying that he can never accomplish anything. No. My question to you is: When you see darkness, who is seeing the darkness? You can see darkness. You can see light. No. What I'm trying to say is: When you close your eyes, your eyes are closed, right? Mm. But who is seeing the darkness? Oh, okay. You're seeing, seeing the darkness, right? I'm seeing the darkness. You're seeing the darkness. Yes. Now, open your eyes. That I am seeing the darkness is your consciousness. See, that is the thing. That that consciousness is usually missing. That is mindfulness. You saw the finger. You saw the bottle. You saw the tablet. You have seen millions of things in last three months. But you see, I see the brain processes. This is bottle. This is tree. This is a dog. Mm. So your consciousness is missing. In the sense that it's all all together. Your consciousness is missing. So one exercise that you should do, Sami, is uh, try to close your eyes two times a day for three minutes and just see the darkness and be aware of who is seeing the darkness. Because what is seeing your darkness is your consciousness. Okay. Uh, Can I can I make my point? So basically, trying to say close your eyes for, uh, and try this exercise for about three times whenever you are actually free, three times in a day. Yeah, but you know, yeah. Yeah, but you know, try to see the darkness. Don't try to imagine a door or a light. You know, okay. then you are on a thought trip again. You see, then again you're thinking when you open your eyes, you're thinking I'll do this, I'll do that. You're always in thought. So when you close your eyes and you start imagining things again, you're going back to thought, right? And you have to actually break away from thought a little. You have to give thought a break. That's why. Then only you can be at peace and you know stress free. So okay. close your eyes for two or three times in a day, and when you see the darkness, ask yourself who is seeing the darkness. When eyes are closed, you're seeing it. That is exactly your consciousness. You know, Sami. You know the. the okay, I get. Sami is the personality. I get it. I get it. So now try to do it. For, try to do it for one minute. You know, just close your eyes. And, when the eyes are closed, you are seeing it. It is exactly your primordial awareness. This consciousness, this consciousness is the tip of the iceberg, right? The whole iceberg of it is the soul. Experience the soul. The whole iceberg is the experience of the soul, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. I did not know that, and actually, it was a really good experiment. I should try it. I'll try it. Yes, no. In fact, uh, this is one of the exercises. You know, what I do, like I mentioned to you in my uh, meditation course, what I try to do is I try to do very simple exercises uh, where people can get an opening. 
one 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 and a half months i don't even start with meditation i start with all these work all exercises uh, hmm. to break into uh, you know break you know as i mentioned earlier to enter through the crack to enter through the whatever you know, there's not much space available people are very busy you know doing nothing or doing on smartphones doing whatever they're doing so i have to find time i want to, i have to find space to the limited time they can carve out for themselves so i do these small small exercises one month and after one month then people see yeah there is possibility of being more calm and more focused is the time i start getting into long meditation with them i'm i've also heard this point is that when before sleeping just close all devices leave everything there and disconnect yourself go to your bed and disconnect yourself from like all your surrounding and be in tune with it it gives your uh, subconscious an open mind to clear your thoughts so that you can dream well what you want to dream so you can be happy i've tried that over the months or so hard at first no kidding hard at first but it opens your mind to many more sides sides of it what yeah what the what the experience i felt was like it's kind of a mantra or some kind of thing like you have i'm my experience was different it can be different for everybody how, like i i saw a lot of fears how are they manifested i never thought that i would be fear of this but i just manifested of this coming back again to your question like you said there two things in life desire and fearfulness and you're saying how can one human contain so much fear inside of them it just boggles the mind yeah i think uh, see that is the whole thing no uh, how is a good question but where does it come from it comes from simple things that you know people have preferences what happens is most people have preferences about every situation hmm and and if for some reason you can accept things as they are mm-hmm. then moving away from preferences hmm as long as you have preferences you will always have fears and desires so let me give you an example let's say you finish your course you study and you shift to london and for whatever reason you start loving london as a city and you don't want to go back to india or you don't want to go back to south wales london because you like it Hmm. London is your preference, and leaving London is your fear, right? Yes. Because London is your preference, is your fear, right? Now you work for a bank and you get promoted, and your let's say vice president or your head of a department. Hmm. Now holding onto your position is something that you enjoy. That's your preference. That's your you know, the thing that you really enjoy. It gives you a good career. It gives you good money. now the thought of losing a job can make you panic because you can't afford the same lifestyle so what happens is as you keep building your preferences or your likes as you keep building your preferences like automatically you also keep making your fears because now they are central to your life hmm. right they are central to your, they were not earlier but now they are central to your life so you have hmm. to hold on to things that's why human beings have a very tight grip on everything why is there so much conflict you see a politician doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to leave the power to see 
because he's holding on to it the thought of losing it that is the more okay. more as your preferences become stronger as your preferences become stronger your fears and desires will become stronger and the conflict no. that you will engage become high you will go a lot of people have seen go any extent to you know keep on holding what they have people have a very tight grip on things they don't have loose grip so what happens is uh, you know when you start meditating you don't have to go to mountains and you know you can live in the world perfectly well no problem you do the same thing but what happens is uh, there is a distance between you and the situation let me give you an example in a different way let's say you know you work in an office and a guy behaves in a particular fashion he does not do his work correctly he does some he does some mistake and as a boss i get angry he does a mistake i as a boss get angry everything is very mechanical there's no gap if event happens you get angry if event happens you get irritated there's no gap between you and the situation it happens reaction is either anger or irritation but once you start meditating you know there is a gap between you and the situation maybe i can give you a better example it's not a very good example let me give you a much better example is you want to see your face in the mirror you want mm. to see your face in the mirror and you poke your if you poke your nose into the mirror you will not be able to see your face mm. right if you poke your nose into the mirror you will not be able to see your face yeah able to see, see your face in the mirror you need to have a distance between you and the mirror yeah you know the distance between the you and the mirror is you able to see the face in the mirror same way if you want to really overcome anger negative thought you cannot overcome by giving mind a command okay stop negative thinking it does not work it's just another command you only give in the command right mm-hmm. so what happens is the moment you meditate or you become mindful there is this distance between you and the situation and in the distance between you and the situation you are able to automatically see the anger rising the irritation rising and you are able to control it so what meditation does is it brings a distance between you and the situation the same way if that happens you are able to automatically transform your lower energies into higher energies that's how it is from your example i got this example in my head right now is that the deeper uh, desirefulness is linked to their fearfulness of leaving that certain thing what if we train the mind to fail if they fail they won't have that uh, latching fear of that oh i'm i'm not going to have a job next week there's no problem i can find another one what if that can be the eliminator of fear inside of them to achieve that mindful process i think uh, i think uh, the, the, the real truth for me is you don't have to drop things you know the real the real truth is you don't have to drop things things can get dropped on their own hmm. now you're trying to say that you know can i do this and this to drop fear right what hmm. i'm trying to tell you is that you don't worry about that you just become more and more mindful Okay. okay. So how can I, how can I drop darkness? How can I drop darkness? There's no way to drop darkness. How can I drop fear? There's no way to drop fear. No, the only way to drop darkness is to tighten, tighten up the place, and darkness will go. 
so you don't have to worry about how to drop the fear it will get dropped on its own you don't have to drop things things get dropped on your own you have to become more mindful the more as you rise as you become more conscious as you become more and more aware more and more calm quiet peaceful you know you see anger irritation fear they just go you don't have to send them out just remember one thing you don't have to drop things things get dropped on their own you just have to become more peaceful more still more quiet and that can happen through mindfulness and meditation you do that rest of the things happen to be fair and honest i never i thought that it was the process of dropping down that we get to success i never thought that in this way that two things exist together such as light and dark in this way you can say good and evil also exist together as well it's a, a yeah. new thing for me i never thought of that dropping dropping i tell you dropping what happens i tell you is uh, easy uh, you know you, you must have studied science energy cannot be created nor destroyed it can only yeah, be i'm not a good science student i dropped it i'm not a fair science student no but it's okay it's, it's, a, very, it's, a, it's a very basic science you know that energy cannot be created nor destroyed it can only be transformed yeah see, what, what happens is when you drop fear or when you drop let's say anger right you haven't transformed it so dropping anger is a stupid exercise transforming anger into higher energy is a real exercise if you work on anger you will notice that okay you are less angry but you are more irritated right you work on fear so maybe you will be less fearful but you will be more greedy mm-hmm. what happens is when you drop things uh, uh, without transforming them they just mutate you know things mutate into something else anger will become irritation jealousy will become something mm-hmm. else so when you wake up things get transformed dropping is suppression that's what humans do all the time keep suppressing keep suppressing when you suppress something you make it more ugly you make it, it mutates into something else so, you know when you suppress fear eventually it will not become fear anymore it will become a delta variant of a fear like, you know the delta variant of coronavirus now when you suppress fear the fear becomes more potent it becomes you know fear with the delta variant now i mean you give the covid-19 example there's a lot of meme about it and it's true it went away we had just fear and we just made it and now it's gone it's not gone no, per se but it no, has reduced to a certain extent no but you know what i'm thinking is whether it's virus or whether there is sunshine or whether there is you know there's certain thing which have a tangible uh, you know so a virus may be tangible it may not be fear alone but the question is you know your fear makes it worse it is what it is right it is what it is you i'm not saying that they can be you know there's a world war 3 then it's a dangerous situation wars are dangerous so what i'm trying to say is uh, well, i'm not undermining real danger there could be situations with real danger right there could be there could be the only thing is your fear will only make it worse i've also found that that the only the, the next best way if you want to be mindful is that connect with your family for the lord to be fair this is for the connect with your families family 
family members and their surroundings. To be fair, this is for teenagers who have um, parents, Asian parents or something. Your parents might say, leave the phone, something like that. I think it can help you in your meditation or some kind of phone. Just talk to them. They're far more interesting. I found my mother to be far more interesting that she has this use of story. The one podcast cannot fit in. It can be about 200 or something episodes. But I found very, I got more relaxed when I talked to her. I've never been able to talk to my mother quite openly. But uh, during the point of being a selfish idiot in grade 10 to realizing I need to change in grade 11, now to grade 12, I think I've connected more to my mother than anything else. And it makes me calm when she says something, I feel enjoyed. When she teases me, I enjoy, I tease her back and something like that. It gives me a sense of, does that help with mindfulness as well? Well, it depends. See, uh, what do you call, uh, it can or it cannot. It depends, you know, what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is nothing but being in that moment with full intensity, with full totality, right? It could be with your mother, it could be with your father, it could be with your friend, or it could just be with the tree. I tell you, I go down for walk, you know, there are a lot of trees in my complex, a lot of trees. So I go down for half an hour, 40 minutes, I spend time with trees, you know, do nothing. You sit, you know, sit on a bench near the trees. I feel very connected to nature there. So different people can feel relaxed in different ways. You can feel relaxed with your mother, somebody else can feel relaxed in trees, somebody else will feel relaxed with, uh, you know, with your pet dog or something. So you can be mindful about anything. So what I'm trying to say is uh, whether spending time with your family, is it mindfulness? It could be mindfulness, but it need not be mindfulness. It's about how much are you there in that moment? You know, how many thoughts you're carrying? If you are, my word is mindfulness. Mindfulness is to be in that moment without excess thoughts. You know, that is mindfulness. Now it could be while cutting a potato. It could be while cutting a potato. It could be while you know, playing with your pet, it could be with your mother, it could be anything for that matter. So, you see, uh, I was just reading last night one book by one uh, Zen master Kubong. So, this will answer your point. So, he says that Zen hall is not the only Zen hall. Okay. Zen hall is where the Zen people meditate, right? In, in a monastery or in a temple. So, he says that Zen hall is not the only Zen hall. If you meditate, in a Zen hall, then you can only meditate one hour in a day. So he says, for a true seeker, his body should be the Zen hall. So you, you can be meditating while standing, while sitting, while talking, while doing anything. And if you do that, then it is real meditation. Same way, to answer your question, you can be mindful at anything, whether talking to your mom, you know, or doing your work, or finishing your assignment. Why did your mindfully there with less excess thoughts that is being mindful alone. You can be mindful to be fair, sir, most of your day. To be fair sir, if I can be a little bit more off topic, will you be able to were you able to share enough stories with your parents as well? No, oh, I was very connected to them, my parents. They know more now. Both my parents know more. See? I simple answer. Be connected to your parents. You can find a lot of things from them. I simply no, of course. You see, you see, uh, parents, uh, I tell you, I always say this, you know, that uh, like what my parents did to me. And uh, I just, now they're no more. My parents, both my mother and father are no more. 
but i have no words to thank and how to thank and who to thank that's why you know when you have no one you can't say thank to them again you just pass on you know share with the world with your own kids just so i think parenting is a very selfless gesture it's like you know you pass on with no return that's what parenting is about and if you have to take one quality from your parents is how selflessly they must have given to you so if you can take a little quality of that and share that with whoever you like or love you know selflessly sharing what you have to share and that is exactly when i started this meditation project you know one of the intention was you know is that uh, if i have stumbled upon something which is uh, amazingly serene and peaceful the least i should do is that you know perform so that's how this project was born but you're right what you said about your parents right every parent especially the asian parents that seen are very involved and they're very giving very caring you know they they nurture uh, the future of kids and it's amazing how they do it to be fair and honest i agree with every point that you've shared and i totally agree on this point is that what trait would i get from my parents i think mostly for my mother is that if you have something i think she says this a lot if you are if you have something in scarcity if you don't know scarcity what it means is that in limited quantity you do not have enough resources or nothing what would you do she gave me the analogy of a i don't have a pen i have a paper here okay if i have a pencil she told me that if you have a pen pencil and a paper what would you do with it simple answer most people say nothing you don't have no mobile nothing but what she said is that that useless paper is nothing to you but once you start writing in it or drawing in it you create value through it and that speaks for more itself it can be exchanged for something more so in terms when you saying you have you don't have anything you have a lot of things in nothing so that quote of my mother i think i would love to have that thing i love that quote you know it's one of the things i pride myself on Yeah, life is an empty canvas, you know. Life is an empty canvas, and you're free to make what you make on it. Your your choices fill the canvas with color or with you know something not so good. So you, your life is an empty canvas. Very very like. So um, the final thing is that where do you want to see yourself, sir, in ten to fifteen years from now? I think. Uh, In ten years' time, I hopefully via uh, meditation would be a, a much bigger project, and I would, I'm sure I would have, you know, come across thousands of people who have benefited by mindfulness and meditation. My now plan is would say you know the next one year plan is to, you know, website will be ready in a month's time. All content is all done, mm-hmm. and then I would like to you know conduct both. private sessions with group of people and do some proper session yeah. and in 10 years time i hope hopefully it will be a uh, mission worth it client uh, so i think i would definitely like to the, the thing that i have thought to myself is you know i want to touch about 1 million students through non meditation in 10 years time that's the goal that i have set for myself okay so Right now, in this podcast, what message would you like to give to the audience out there 
um, on your business or anything you want to achieve, maybe they can help you achieve that message of yours. See, uh, what I can just tell is that, you know, is uh, that sooner or later, like, you know, we all sleep, right, in the night. We all sleep in the night. But in the morning, we get up. Right? So, however sleepy we are, how much ever, you know, mechanical we are, mm-hmm. we'll, we will wake up one day. We have to all wake up one day. So, mm-hmm. why not start now? So, mindfulness and meditation is just a way of waking up and seeing the reality as it is. And when you do that, what you realize is you become very quiet, peaceful, and chill. My message is, you know, is start meditating, start with mindfulness, you know, do small, small exercises, spend 10 to 15 minutes in a day, spread out, three, three minutes, five times a day, or four, four minutes, four times a day, mm. and taste it, get a taste of it. Once you get a taste of it, it will enter into your life. And you will see that you can be a transformed man from awake in darkness to awake in light. And if somebody wants to learn meditation, I have some courses which I do for both corporate. I do it for individuals also. And uh, you can just give my email ID to them. You can you can give an email ID there in your WhatsApp. Okay. I can otherwise, my email ID is uh, J A S J I T S A N A N D. Yes, you know, so they can just email to me and. Uh, yeah. I can well, it could be both it could be both corporates as well as individuals. And I have a few courses. I have five or six different courses that yeah. I conduct. If your website is built, I would be willing to edit inside and put your link in of your website there. So that people can contact Yeah, but you, you know uh, it's not there right now, but once it is ready I'll get in touch with you and I will send you no problem. then you can probably I can put it up there. Simply no problem for me. Yeah. So in this thing is that in this podcast we have a tradition is that we have a quote and we ask people to give their thoughts on it. So I'll be speaking a quote here. Will you be willing to give a, your thoughts on it? Not sure. So if this quote, if I can open the document sometimes. Uh, this quote was from Albert Einstein, and he said one of the most important things that. To strive, don't strive for success, strive for perfection. Is that true? Let's strive for, you know, sorry, strive for, don't strive for. Don't strive for success, strive for perfection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. It's a good one, you know, because uh, what he's saying is uh, that uh, you enjoy the journey. Don't worry about, you know, the... the, (laughs) means are means automatically take you to the end right means will take you to the right end if you're aiming for uh, perfection success will mm. come you know the, right means justify the end automatically you know mean a good means will take you to the good end mm. and if you're aiming for success actually you might not aim for perfection mm. you might take a shortcut you know because you're aiming for success you see all kind of people do all kind of things and they may be successful Right, some people are corrupt, but they are successful. Right, if you're aiming for success, you may not aim for perfection. You may take shortcuts. But when you aim for perfection, success will eventually come. That's 
very very much mindful and in this podcast we have another tradition is that we ask trivia questions basically based on yours based on the conversation or anything related to it so what's the last quote that you put on your document when you, the mission statement that you gave me the via meditation you have to say last, it in, the last quote yes you know uh, i put it last night you know which was i wish i mentioned to you sometime back the clouds gone and the mountain appears yes it's a zen proverb so i said this another uh, question i have is that what were your first thoughts of me when i messaged you i just want to know no i think uh, avishy mentioned about you to me and uh, avishy is like uh, you know like a daughter to me and first thought was you know i can't say no to avishy but when i spoke to you uh, i mentioned to you this one this one is well when we spoke is that i thought you know for your age uh, you're trying to do something nice and uh, because you're speaking to so many people maybe twice your age more than that you will pick up a lot of wisdom from them so when i spoke to you i was impressed with what you're trying to do to be honest wise for your age to be honest yeah, i'm kind of i'm kind of scared you, you, you come across wise yeah yes sir you come across, you come across you come across wiser than your age you, you know you're very wise for your age you're young boy but you're uh, you'll do well to be honest when i was talking to you i had this impression that um he might not like me or something or he's talking very really directly i then got to understand is that this is the formal way of talking when someone else is a, I, just a fright that i have I no no you know it's just it's just your fear it's just your fear you know you imagining no no it was i think i was very relaxed when i spoke to you and uh, but it's okay you know these fears will go like, you know it, as you spend more time as you become as you start you know as you become more successful your fears will start going and try mindfulness they will go further go you know try to meditate a little your fears will vanish you will only see okay so before we conclude this podcast of us we have this quote and it says that stay home stay safe and be cool at the count of 3 So you and I have to say it at the same time. Stay home, stay safe, and be cool at the same time. One, two, three. Stay home. Stay, stay safe, safe and be and cool. Be cool. Uh, the third person who got it right. I messed it up. Yeah, which is fast. I mean, you got it to the last point. Many people mess up at the last point. They got it there. So I think I can give you a win. You got it. So. This was stay home we got stay home we got it right together one more time you know one two three stay home stay safe and be cool stay safe and be cool all right bye bye to be honest um i leave my audience with this question is that if you meditate enough you can find whatever you want but sometimes your imagination tricks you Would you be willing to be tricked by that imagination persona of yourself or will you be willing to find who you really are by not looking into the mirror but finding in yourself and I would like to say very thankful for Jijit Singh for actually coming into the podcast and actually explaining meditation in general and what is mindfulness I think I could try a few of his strategies
if you're a teenager please do try it and recommend that so thank you sir for actually coming to the podcast and in general i'm actually honored that you actually came thank you definitely definitely and until then bye bye peace people